No! You threw off my groove! I'm sorry, but you've thrown off the Emperor's groove. You were saying? Hello, Internet Dwellers, and welcome back to Top Shelf Disney Animation Studios Library, the show where we watch Disney movies and we love it because it's Disney. Well, we don't love all of them, but we love a good chunk of them, right? Pretty much. Yep, yeah, pretty, pretty much. much. <laughs> I, I am Jeff, and pretty much over there is TC. Hello, TC. Hello, Jeff. We've done it. We've made it through another set of 10. I We've know. reached the monumental 40th episode of our show. This is, this is big. This is a big deal. It's, it's big, and it's also kind of sad and scary because we only have like 15 or 16 more of these left to go, and we're done. Oh, no, don't say that. We're, no. we're, we're oh. way past the hump, and I'm a little sad, but I'm cherishing each and every one of these good and or terrible movies that we will be watching. <laughs> <laughs> Which I have a feeling after this one, uh, for a little while. Yeah, well, but we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. We, so, <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. We'll get we'll, there. We'll get there. And speaking of our 40th episode... We watched our final year 2000 movie. I know, I know. There was so many of them. There was three. There's three. <laughs> it, seems like, it seems like too many, if I'm being honest. For one year of film? For, wow. There was three Disney movies that came out this year. And unfortunately, I remember none of them uh, for the most it, part. Well, I, mean, I mean, honestly, if, we, if you think about it, for us... 40 movies have come out in a year because that we've been watching true. these that stuff. <laughs> that is true because I believe about the time that this episode goes up, we are right around our one year anniversary of our first episode of this podcast coming out. Because yeah. uh, uh, actually, because this is how the world we live in, I got a Facebook memories uh, notification that said uh. watching uh, watching Snow White like a cool kid on a, on a Sunday <laughs> night and it was right around... Uh, Right around this time, I do believe here. I'm just verifying it, but yeah. Oh, oh, actually, guys, this is hilarious. Uh, is this episode going up on January 10th is the one year anniversary anniversary of, of the show. Hey, of the show. Mazel tov. Mazel there we tov. go. <laughs> it, funny enough, we've hit 40 movies on ex- in exactly one year, like to the wow. day. <laughs> so nice, nicely done, sir. Well, nicely we start with Snow White. We're working our way to Moana, which is the most current of the Disney Animation Studios library. Indeed. But today we're discussing number 40, which is Jeffrey. The Emperor's New Groove. Oh, my goodness. Guys, I have, I don't have a ton of notes. Okay, I don't have a lot of notes about this movie, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter because I almost contemplated not even watching this one because <laughs> I know this one <laughs> so well. well. But to pass the- up an excuse or to pass it up, pass up a chance mm-hmm. to watch Emperor's New Groove, I'm like, no, that's not <sighs> happening. We're watching this well, movie. Did you see this in theaters? Mm. So I did not. Okay. This was one of those movies that I I saw it. I have a I have a very very vivid memory of it too. I saw this movie in I believe in like April, maybe like maybe like March or April of 2003. Uh, Because I was a senior in high school, we were just a few months shy of of graduating, and it was one of those where like we all went over to one of our friends' house, and we all like there was probably. 15, 20 of us crammed into a basement and they had, everybody else had, they started playing this movie. I had no idea what this movie was, 
But yeah. that was the first time I'd seen it. And I remember just laughing my butt off going, what <laughs> the crap is this? This is this is a Disney movie. Are they all like this? Have I missed all <laughs> of these? Gra- what have I been missing? You know, like, you, well, no, they're not all it. like this. That's, um, no, I, and I was greatly I saddened was, by that. <laughs> I was working at a movie theater at the time. And I remember this preview. I remember the trailer for this movie. And I had to watch this trailer every time it popped up. Anytime I was, I, I worked in booth and projection, and I started films. And whenever I started a movie that had this preview on it, I had to watch it because it just cracked me up. And and despite that, Jeff, despite my my need to see the preview for it, I didn't see this in theaters. How stupid is that, right? Wow, yeah. That I'm I made such a point didn't. of watching the preview. It's just, uh, I, I did a lot when I was in uh, college. I, 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 I did a lot. Running, theater, full-time job, girlfriend, friends, whatever. Uh, when I finally did see this movie, I was I was floored by by it. And um, and obviously, we will, we will get into it. But this is a movie that I have seen multiple times. I actually sort of cheated because on my YouTube show, The One Minute Rewatch, quick plug, we don't oh. normally do plugs, but a quick plug. You for the plugging one other shows, TC? <laughs> I, know, <right? laughs> I did an episode where it turned, it went from talking about the movie I was supposed to be reviewing, which was Shrek, and turned into talking about The Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> yep. So after we've we've talked quite at length about this movie today, if anyone's interested, you can hop over to my show, The One Minute Rewatch, and, and watch me yell about this movie for about three minutes <laughs> we will definitely put a link to uh that uh that video uh in the description for this on the facebook page and i'll also try to put Thank a link you. into the actual uh, uh feed for those of you listening on itunes and stitcher and all those other ones so thank so you that way people can watch it, it. yes because it is it is hilarious because you that was the one you uh edited while you were staying at my place was it not yes i i filmed and edited it while i was staying with you for a few weeks uh, so insider so- tip for those of you out there who listen to the show if you kind Kind of want to see some of my uh, my apartment. You can see it in that video. He has some wonderful artwork on the wall. I, I do, and it's all <laughs> predominantly displayed behind the awesome looking TC. I don't know. I don't know who that guy is, but uh, well, neither do uh, I. But somebody told me to. Somebody paid me to do that. Um, well, I remember uh, the posters for this movie, even though I mm-hmm. never saw it in theaters. I remember because um, the movie theater in our in my hometown used to have like. Uh, hanging posters that would be hanging up not on the walls like they didn't have them framed they did have those Mm -hmm. as well but they would also for certain films have posters hanging from the ceilings just in the middle of the foyer yeah. Uh, and, and I remember it's it's <clears throat> if anybody wants to look for them, they're all on uh, impawards.com, which is the movie poster website. Uh, you can find them, but it's it's the posters of um, of uh, not Kronk. Oh my goodness, why am I spacing <laughs> on the names? Pacha. Pasha and Cusco, it's the it's their characters against a solid white background with like a big text. Pacha says, uh, what a hunk. And mm-hmm. Kuzco's arm as the llama is in, who added a C in before hunk, so it says, what a chunk. And then <laughs> it's the picture of uh, Kuzco that just says, wooly bully. I remember seeing those in the theaters and going, oh, it's going to be some stupid musical, like, kitty, like, little kid. Because, again, I'm, I'm in high, oh, let's see, 2000, I was in high school. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever, I'm not going to watch some Disney movie. I'm in high school now. Oh, and, boy, well, uh, yeah, it, it, I, al- it almost was. It almost was. If we want to get into the history of this movie real quick, this this movie 
has an, a very fascinating backstory. Yes. In fact, there is an unreleased documentary. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on Vimeo. You can find it around. Yep. Um, it's this. It's called The Sweatbox, and it's a documentary about the making of a movie called Kingdom of the Sun, uh, which was going to be Disney's big Oscar contender, another classic film in the making, following all the check marks of of what the Renaissance had. And they uh, Sting was brought on. He created, he composed and created and sang eight brand new songs. Only one survived. It's the out of character, really doesn't feel right song you hear during the credits of the movie. Yeah, and that doesn't <laughs> that that fits, yep. and not at all, <laughs> basically. Yeah. And and uh, so the Kingdom of the Sun was going to be this Prince and the Pauper style film where an emperor, Cusco, of, of the Incan era of South America finds a peasant who looks a lot like him. They trade places. Uh, David Spade was voicing one of the characters, but Owen Wilson was voicing the other character. Oh, wow, it's, Owen Wilson. Oh, man. Oh, wow, look at that. Um, <laughs> uh, don't worry, he went on to voice one of the most successful Pixar characters of all time. So he's, he's fine. He's okay. Um, I think that guy might be set for his life. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if you work for Pixar and Disney, you're fine. So, uh, Kingdom of the Sun was this was this grand Disney musical in the tradition of Lion King and Pocahontas and Hunchback and Notre Dame. And as we've discussed on this show, those now Pocahontas and Hunchback, not Lion King, weren't exactly what Disney had hoped for. Right, and they had to balk and move away from the traditional Disney animation. Uh, renaissance style pictures and they were committed to making kingdom of the sun as one of those they did a test screening of what they had so far and it was the worst test screening audience in the history of disney's animation studios (laughs) so much so that i mean it it had to have been in the effect of watching george lucas screen Phantom Menace for the first time, where he's like, "Oh boy, we uh, hmm. oh boy, <laughs> Just this doesn't work at the, all." The realization that they did not have what they thought they were going to have, which is insane, because le- building on this, Eisner was like, "This is hitting all the check box check marks," and uh, and that's that's a problem. Okay, you should not make a movie to fill certain qualifications. You can't right. take the chemistry that worked before and just try to make it again without a very crucial element. Heart, yeah, right, yeah. Don't just make a, a, a don't churn out a movie, because the audience will know. The uh, any any competent film goer is going to see a movie that is just churned out, and they'll know. And and that's not just Disney; that's all companies. Okay. Right. Well, they saw the mistakes they were made, and they said, "Okay, trash it all, throw it all out." We have six months to come up with a new idea and finish it. And, and, this is, and, and this is one of those, like, the reason why they have that six months was because they were already locked in. This is, this, this is oh, man, you got to love commercialism. But they were locked <laughs> into their, their deadline. Release or they date. had really, release yeah. dates because they had promotional deals mm-hmm. with, like, 
like McDonald's, and McDonald's and, and stuff, yep. mm-hmm. which is just in my head. I'm going obviously because again, it's a business, and they had made the deal. They're like, well, there will be a Disney movie for this summer, and you companies can use this movie. You know, we can promote the movie, and then we can promote your your product. But it's just it's crazy to think like, no, you have to meet that deadline because yeah. we have to we have to sell this with with uh, promotional people. <laughs> it just blows my mind. That is a thing. So- Yes, that's insane. And that's exactly why they had to do this. This was about the money. This was about, I mean, the release, like everything they had. This was a, a, a red alert. Like this is category five hurricane. We are in trouble and we need a movie now. (laughs) And that panic, that's that freedom that they are allowed created one of the most unique films in the entire library of films that we have watched and make watch from this point on and that may be hyperbolic or 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 praising this movie too much but that's what we're here to talk about jeff because they this the the brainstorm session the pitch was i i had the name in my my uh previous review of this but the pitch was a chuck jones style road comedy but faster but faster it's so (laughs) and it's so funny to think like they went from a movie that was trying to be kind of like their recent-ish hits and mm-hmm. trying to be this big, grand Oscar epic and ended up going literally <laughs> the opposite direction from that. But in essence, make fun of those type. They, in essence, went, okay, we're not making a big, a big, big, huge movie like that. We're going to sit and make a little movie that kind of makes fun of those types of movies. In a way. When, yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and, it, and it worked. It yes, absolutely they, works. No spoil, it, or spoilers, guys. This movie it works. works. <laughs> it, it follows a lot of the formula of what a spoof movie would be, right? Yeah. But yeah. it does not. But the 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 problem with spoof movies. When I say spoof movies, uh, oftentimes the first thing that'll pop into people he, people's head will be stuff like Airplane or the modern Freeberg and Seltzer garbage films. <sighs> spoof spoof movies as a genre traditionally lean heavily on pop culture. Right. Right. That's what they're they don't just spoof the movie that they're 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 sending up. They will lean heavily on the pop culture references. The most pop cultural reference in Emperor's New Groove is the river dance at the beginning of this movie. Where all oh, the guards yeah. are, are river dancing. And and you say that correctly, Jeff, because it is not so obviously a reference that it takes you out of like, oh, that's a dated reference. It's right. just people dancing in a line. But it's people dancing is, in a line. And I mean, Kuzco yeah. even does like a handful of different types of dances, but they're dances that are all over. He kind of moonwalks mm-hmm. for a little mm-hmm. bit, but he kind of does like a conga and he kind of does just lots of little different types. So you yeah. don't you don't even wow, I guess I never I, I mean, I guess fine. I knew that, but I it didn't. It never stood out to me as many times and as I've seen this movie. And that's why I wouldn't consider this a spoof movie, although it does follow some of those spoof elements. This thing is silly to be silly yep. and not for the sake of pop culture, which is right. a detriment to one of my... You know how I feel about DreamWorks animation, Jeff. <laughs> but that is the definitive problem with all of their movies, yep. is the... Is the the, the pop cultural spoof and that's not what this movie is this movie is is it is a classic mix of of slapstick with a modern sense of comedic rhythm and timing and it's almost oh. 20 years old now like this Man. this movie came out in 2000 we're in 2017 recording this 2018 this movie, tc 2018 oh, yes. <laughs> oh my god that's right <laughs> <laughs> 
But it's it's it is you you said it right. It's all about the timing. It is a self aware. The movie is self aware. It mm-hmm. is. It is. Oh, well, actually, I don't even know. Fourth wall breaks. Yeah, it's the fourth wall breaks. Because I, I was, and I made this. I made this note. One of my notes I made that what why I why I enjoy this movie so much is because I like, I like that it almost feels like a movie that was like okay, like pretend this was a live action film. Okay, like the, mm-hmm. the the whole fourth wall breaks and the whole camera work. It feels like a movie that was made by somebody who didn't quite know how to make a movie. <laughs> you know, because like when when uh, when when Kronk catches uh, Kuzgo when he's inside, inside the sack when he catches him from falling over the edge of the waterfall and the camera does that like dramatic like pull snap back and snaps backs and it's way out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> next to the tree. <laughs> why why are we looking at this monkey? Yeah, like like okay. And and it and even even our main character who is narrating the film who in theory should know everything that's going on goes <laughs> what's with the but, chimp and the bug but, like yeah. <laughs> even he doesn't understand what's happening in this so it's so it is so self aware but self aware in the correct ways and just yes. man the Look, timing is so brilliant in this film it's it is spot on every piece the, of timing the, the, uh, there is an unlimited number of jokes in this film that and then and every time i watch this i hear something new i didn't hear before but in the in the meta referencing there's two in particular is the uh the and this you know, i mean deadpool set a standard for how to how to really capitalize on fourth wall breaks but uh, cusco as the llama sitting there once we catch up to the beginning of the movie interrupts the omniscient narrator, Cusco, right. by saying, hey, shut up. They got it. They just watched the whole thing go away. Like, yeah. he's, he's even, he's breaking the fourth wall to break the, it's, it's that's, that's crazy. And, or like a- He's telling uh, himself they, to shut up, basically. Yeah, shut up. They get it. <laughs> uh, uh, Natasha on our Facebook page mentioned the, the fact that he has to stop the movie to take a Sharpie and go, hey, by the way, I'm the main character. This guy, not this guy. Oh, and it comes back he, in- because that okay, right there, that is one of my favorite things that this movie does. It mm-hmm. starts leading you down a path where you expect a Disney movie to go. And just when it gets into that direction, it stops it with a joke. It yeah. like when the uh when the 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 oh what is it? It's um what is he called? The the royal record keeper, uh when mm-hmm. he comes out and you know he's he's talking to he's talking it's a big fat like gesture looking guy and he's yeah. talking to Kuzco about something and then Kuzco's narration comes on and we just dissolve away mid sentence. What's he talking about? <laughs> yeah. Like we don't we wait and you never see that character again. Like that's it. He's gone. Like he was but that would have been an entire scene. Like mm. in Aladdin or in 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 Beauty and the Beast or any of those, and then like later on when when uh, Isma's talking to him, um, mm. uh, and and he's like, "What is holding this woman together?" And it's just <laughs> look at those we, wrinkles. Yeah, we fall. Oh, how long his... has that been there? <laughs> <laughs> Which I heard something this time around when when we go into that moment. When yeah. she's you hear you hear Isma talking, she's literally just going like blah 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 blah. She's I oh she is saying just gibberish. She's she not even scripted t- to say blah 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 blah. Yes, blah. <laughs> I had never caught that until I watched it this time around. That she's I, not saying words at that point. <laughs> I caught a, a joke this time that I had never heard before, and it's when Kronk has Cusco and he drops him. He steps on the cat, right, and <laughs> yep. he stumbles down the stairs, and he goes back, elbow, shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> Because he's like, I never heard he, that before. He's yelling out the parts of his body that he's hitting. I think yeah. as he falls down the hill. 
that irreverence, that that meta humor is is pretty standard now, and I I have to credit this film for for doing that because this is a movie that has aged really well. It did yes. not. This was not a box office success. This was essentially a bomb. At a hundred million dollar budget, it only made one seventy. That's not a really big success, especially for Disney. A Disney movie opened fourth when it came out. This movie opened fourth the weekend it came out against How the Grinch Stole Christmas, What Women Want, and Dude, Where's My Car? In all fairness, I saw all three of those in theaters. (laughs) I'm not even lying. I did at the time, at my age, when I saw those three movies in theaters, did not see this one, but in... And any moment of the day, it presented these four movies, I would yeah. watch Emperor's New Groove in a heartbeat. That is 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 a, a telling sign of the quality of this film and the realization of that quality over time. It was affected by the lackluster performance of the movies that came before it, right? Mm-hmm. We, we were in the downward spiral from the Renaissance and moving towards the second Dark Age. Uh, and it, the unfortunate circumstance of this movie not paying off is that it caused Disney not to take the risks. Because this is it. This movie in itself was a huge risk that they were like, whatever we can make, we can make. You guys have carte blanche, whatever assets we can save, save them. Right. But just do in fact, the voice actors who were cast had already recorded the entirety of Kingdom of the Sun. They were in the animation mode for that point. And then to bring them back bring Eartha Kit and David Spade and other voice actors back in to re-record a movie in a completely different tone and style that they had signed up for was that's a credit to the script itself that those actors would come in and not just go through the motions, but give easily. I Jeff, I think this might be the best voice cast of, of absolutely. The library. Absolutely. Because this is a movie where in the past, a lot of our voice, okay, in our in the past, ma- the majority of our voice cast do not look like the characters that they portray for the majority right. of the time. I mean, you do get a couple like you, like, uh, like, uh, Billy Joel kind of looked like his character, <laughs> eh, but it could also have very been well been Bruce Willis. Like, in my head, I'm like, eh, it could have been Bruce Willis, as we discussed mm-hmm. on that episode. Um, and then the, the, uh, I'm, I cannot think of the actor's name, but the guy who does the voice of Aladdin. Does kind of look a oh, little Wagner. like him. Yeah. yeah, Scott Wagner. Like Scott Wagner from then looked a little like him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know well that was based off of Tom Cruise more than anything. But <laughs> you you kind of get a little I do kind of see Robin Williams in the genie. You know, you do mm-hmm. get little, you get some characters that feel like that. This movie, you put a if you put a picture of the voice cast next to their cartoon, you go, yep, that's them. That's I them. can see John Goodman. I could see if they, if obviously they can't do it nowadays, but if they had gotten David Spade, John Goodman, and uh, Patrick Walburton, and uh, Eartha Kitt to portray these four characters in live action mode, they mm. would look like them. I'd be like, yep, that's Yzma. That's them, yep, yeah. that's, that's, that's Kuzco. Like, you could see it. And it's oh, man, the, their performance. Their vocal performances are so perfect. The it's the delivery is is fantastic. I mm-hmm, seriously, mm-hmm. I, I I was just gonna say like I love Kronk. I love all of them. They all do. <laughs> They're a all perfect job. Yeah. And and this is this is a credit to the scripts. This is a credit to the the heart that was put into to taking this this gamble on a film like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also a credit to those actors 
though Eartha Kitt being a a '60s uh, celebrity, um, but David Spade being the lead and falling into that sort of that trope we have of '80s, I guess '90s now, uh, yeah '90s for sure, um, mm-hmm. comedian, um, and just nailing it. John Goodman, David Spade, these uh, Patrick Warburton, these are comedic geniuses that you would never put on a list of comedic geniuses. Maybe you might slip John Goodman on a list of, of comedic uh, pros, but um, right. the four of them, the four of them just rock. And then there's and, the supporting cast as well. Like uh, Pacha's wife is, is wonderfully portrayed. Um, oh shoot. What's that voice actress's name? Wendy Malick. When, thank you. I can yep. totally picture her face. <laughs> but like, but it's, and it's, it's a cast of, of, of actors, just like you were saying, it's a cast of actors from radically different, eras of entertainment Patrick Warburton Mm -hmm. while everyone like while I feel like everybody knows Patrick Warburton at least you know his voice nowadays yeah when they made this movie yeah if anything just from family guy come on like that's (laughs) the big thing everybody knows him from and but like when this movie came out he had really done like next to nothing he wasn't he was putty yeah he had, you know, he did a bunch of TV shows as like a one-off character. That's kind of mm. what he did. He was a TV show actor, um, but yeah, he was putty on Seinfeld. Um, but like, and, and, he, and on Dave's World was this other big thing. I think was the thing that he had done at the time. But he was, he wasn't who he is nowadays. You could argue, like, no, no, no. You know who Patrick Warburton is now. You've seen him and in commercials. He's done largely because of this movie that yeah. proved his his voice acting capabilities. And then, yeah, Eartha Kitt, uh, one of the original Catwomen from the mm-hmm. original Batman TV series in the 60s. Yep. You know, yep. and obviously she had a, she had a long career of acting. I can't help. I just call out Catwoman because that's what I know her from first. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's true. It's funny but, that she turns into a cat at the end of this. <laughs> right? <laughs> she literally becomes a Catwoman. I love it. <laughs> Which, oh, my God. Is that what my voice sounds like? <laughs> a part of me wonders if that's... Not a kind of subtle, like nod at the uh, fact that it's you know Eartha Kitt. For for all the comedy of this movie, I feel like <laughs> yes, that is certainly what happened. Oh. God, Jeff, the there are just there's too many jokes to even like call out of here. But the, I start, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I, I just I, I'm I don't even know where to begin. But like um <laughs> another joke that jumped out at me this time that I never really it really took notice of before is when uh, they get when Pacha and um. Cusco get back to the they just do the callback immediately to why does she even have that lever like we don't get to see him fall that's brilliant perfect joke oh man that joke is spot on always gets a laugh every time and it's it's not that joke that caught me this time it was when she goes looking for this and they go wait how did you beat us back here and Kroc pulls the map down and goes that's weird because by all accounts we shouldn't have yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> like literally the map that we watched them create in the previous sequence, he has now. <laughs> yeah, well, and even uh, in that same scene, there's like a lot of, there's, through mean, the, 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 the whole movie, this movie is, I think this movie is, is this movie PG or is this movie just G? I oh, should have looked that up. Um, <laughs> I'll look it up. You keep talking. But like this movie does have, the movie's, this movie is fully accept. By the way, movie is fully acceptable for kids. I, there's nothing in this movie that's not kid friendly. It's G. Yes, okay, it's it absolutely is G. G. Yeah. But there is still a very sly adult joke in that same scene we were just talking about, where she like, like, oh, what is this? She goes to. <laughs> she, she's I bet like, you weren't like, expecting this. This, and she lifts up her 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 dress to reveal her leg, <laughs> and they scream <laughs> until she lifts it up higher to reveal a knife, and then they go, oh, okay, well, never mind. Okay, like, oh, that's fine. <laughs> that gag. 
holy cow. Hey, kid's not going to get that, by the way. <laughs> Second of all, yeah. dang movie. <laughs> you went there and it's still funny. Because <laughs> it's funny for oh man that joke that joke is that joke is not a kid joke by the way that is not no, a joke no, no. that a kid's gonna ever understand and I don't care because it's, it's hilarious it's, <laughs> it's not inappropriate it's still not it's not inappropriate gosh the the uh, if you uh, for those of you listening who may not have rewatched this movie oh please, please tell me shame you on you did. please please go give this movie a watch it's currently not streaming on Netflix so I mean you can it is watch on the, Hulu however kiddos it, it, too yeah there you go. Um, uh, uh, what's this movie about? I mean, should we? I mean, is it even worth explaining what the plot? Oh, you know, what, Jeff, I won't throw you under the bus. I'll handle it. Okay, TC, what is this movie about? Okay, good. Uh, way to put me on the spot, Jeff. But I am. I did write down a synopsis. Wait, wait. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I'll try to do it as fast as possible for the sake of comedy. <clears throat> oh, I like this timing, TC. Emperor Cusco is a dictatorial menace who builds lavish monuments to himself because, as royalty, clearly no one has ever told this guy no. As evil sorcerer, while attempting to poison Emperor Cusco, only to inadvertently turn him into a llama, though one that no doubt at least survives, he teams up with a peasant man with a wife, a kid, and a baby on the way, and someone who Cusco shows no compassion to and is now attempting to ask for his help to get uh, back to turning into a human. Uh, hijinks ensue uh, for a grand majority of the runtime, and incredibly late in the plot line, our POV character grows empathy and learns the only lesson of not destroying other people's property for the sheer joy of it while simultaneously destroying Yzma's property for the sheer joy of it. Because at its heart, Jeff Emperor's New Groove is a reverse Beauty and the Beast with uh, with more David Spade. It's true. There you go. <laughs> Very nice, DC. Very there you go. There's nice. a synopsis for you. Um, and so we, we often will talk about whether or not this movie is, movies are appropriate for kids. Uh, 100%. This oh, comedy absolutely. fits in the vein of SpongeBob and Family Guy and Simpsons and all the the modern style speedy comedy that you get now, but all while very... being even more kid friendly. Certainly, yes. You know, but like without, all those shows. My nieces pandering. watch all of those shows. <laughs> you know, I I love all those shows, but yeah, it, but, but those but, shows do have a level. In, even The Simpsons, obviously, mm-hmm. do have a level of adult humor in them. Yes, but that this that is doesn't. not to say that this movie is pandering because this oh, movie. No. Is, is it, this obviously Jeff and I are fans? Anyone? There's no <laughs> doubt about it that we are fans of this movie. I love this. But movie. But it's because this movie plays so hits so close to to what I love about comedy. This movie is yes. just 100 percent entertainment without without sacrificing the heart that I keep coming back to because there is a heart to this film and. There's a great lesson in this film too that that friendship and overcoming your selfishness uh, to not judge a book by its cover. There's a lot of of the the true Disney lessons and tropes that we've seen through the course of this entire library of films still in this movie. They yep. did not they did not sacrifice that just for the sake of these this comedy, but it is 100% a comedic <laughs> film, if yes. not the most comedic film. And and yeah, I know we've seen so far. And I know we have talked a lot about the story. We've talked about the scripting. We've talked about the cast list, and 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 all of those performances are fantastic. All that's done well. But the animation itself, just the animation yeah. and the timing of the animation, is no lie. It is 
flawless. I, I, it, it, the little things, the timing of the little things, like, and this is the one that I know a, a friend of mine at work and I have talked about this so much because it's funny and it's so well done and it's so simple. It's when, um, it's when they test out the poison before they actually put it in the drink. So they test out the poison on the plant. And when they do it, the plant, yeah, the sound effect and the animation of the little explosion of the plant, the plant sitting is this blackened, like, husk upright, and then in two frames, flat on the ground, just like it falls over. And it's, it is perfect time. It is perfect comedic timing because it's yeah. that snap down, just hilarious snap down of a draw. It's so well done. The characters are, gore, are, are, are fun to look at. You know, mm. the, the, again, going back to like the timing, the, 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 the facial expressions in this movie <laughs> kill me. So oh, that is where I laugh nine times out of 10. The you know, Kronk's face. No, uh, yeah, go ahead. There's no um, there's no inconsistency in the even though all these characters are very uniquely designed right mm-hmm. uh, there's no inconsistency in their animation right like right. you don't look at Isma and she and stand her next to Kronk they look like they belong in the right like they look like they belong together Cusco right. and Pacha look like they belong together they all fit for for scrambling to save this film they saved as many of the map paintings that they could from Kingdom of the Sun. And just repurposed them for this insane comedy, um, and they <laughs> so could have taken well shortcuts, Jeff. They could have taken shortcuts, but they they took the risk of of seriously. You're talking about like facial expressions. Just watch the animation on the hands of these characters. I know that's a weird thing to point to, but just watching how characters gesture, watching the the gag with, uh, hey, hold your hand up and do this. <laughs> what, is this some sort of weird, ah! <laughs> yep. <laughs> and and the, when he does that, he does like this little like twisting <laughs> wrist like gesture mm-hmm. while he does it. Like 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 you're just kind of like way like like you're trying to like like okay come on come on come on like roll like you're rolling your wrist around he kind of does mm-hmm. that a couple times and that's a tiny little detail that is not necessary he could have just brought up his his clopper and just clopped it but he rolls yeah. it and it's 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 that that's fantastic and that's a credit to the animation department that they were willing to do this I, hell the the one of the big action set pieces in this is that they are tied to a log going down a river and bouncing off the rocks back and forth, right? Right. Now, we, we take that for granted that that is something that can be done with CGI. No problem. Like, that can just be done. But that was hand-drawn. We were watching the end of an era of filmmaking, and and I never truly... I obviously am a big, big proponent of 2D hand-drawn animation because I feel like there's more love and care put into every frame. And I feel like CG is getting there Right. When you have moved with the the amount of tender loving care that goes into something like Pixar or or other things like illumination and blue sky. Yes, I give a hard time to DreamWorks, but even they are, have a have certain elements that work in their CGI. But the fact that we take for granted that every single frame of this movie had to be hand drawn. Yeah. That's incredible. The the, the cart, um Poncha's cart is CG. Oh, okay. But, th- but that's well, it. Not but like, frame, but yeah. not every frame. But like that's like that's but that, that's very traditional because that goes back to the whole like the cars are CG in um uh, oh, company. Thank you. I just that movie <laughs> just blanked that title from my mind. But like like it goes back to that or like mm-hmm. Magic Carpet from Aladdin. And that's okay. I don't care like cuz it's a vehicle. I get it. Vehicles are hard plus he had like sacks on it and that's what okay, whatever. 
not something I care about. But they, yeah, the right. rest of the movie being hand drawn. Also, quick fun fact: during that river rapid scene, when they're bouncing back and forth on the rocks when they're attached to the log, every time they hit a rock, it's Kuzco that hits the rock. (laughs) It spins, and he's the one that smashes into the rock. (laughs) Jeff, he's the villain. He is the villain. He's the villain of this movie. Eartha Kitt's uh, uh, Yzma and Kronk might be, well, Yzma is the antagonist, to be sure, but Kuzco's the villain of this movie, and and he overcomes that villainy in the end. Uh, Pacha's the hero, uh, yeah, and and Isma even is responsible for saving Pacha's home. Like every, this is such an insane thing to think of. But when you when you break down the characters themselves, there's all these weird shades of gray. Like Cusco is the villain, despite being our protagonist, and he eventually he eventually takes a side seat to Pacha being the hero, and then they work together to save the day. Eartha Kit. She's evil, but she's not wrong to take out the guy who's willing to destroy an entire village for a pool. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, because really, besides the fact that she just wants to take over, we don't know any of her grand schemes. We don't know any of her big plans. She like just it's just, wa- she just wants, she just to, wants yeah, to she just wants to be in charge. Leave the village. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and Kruk may be a henchman, but he clearly has a moral dilemma every step of the way. Oh, when the angels, when the shoulder angel and devil shows up the second time and we cut out to that wide shot of Yzma, like Yzma looking at him and she just turns to the camera to Kuzco and Pancha and just shrugs because he's just talking to nobody. Oh my gosh, I love that. The first time they show up is a great like little (laughs) little bit where it's, poof, ah, my shoulder angel. (laughs) Uh, Where's the other guy? Uh, Where's the other guy? Uh, He's doing his taxes. <laughs> Three things. Number one, look at that guy in that little frilly little dress. <laughs> or a it's, a, it's a robe. It's a robe. <laughs> it's a robe. Does he ever, does he ever say the third thing? I uh, know he doesn't. Because because uh, the second, second one he does this. the look at look at I can do and he does like the hand like the single hand push up. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? No, 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 it's pretty impressive though. Yeah, yeah. like Wait, and then, hold on, he's got oh, hold on, he's got a point. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, you guys aren't helping at all. So. Uh, just be gone is this or entire, whatever. Is this entire episode just us recanting <laughs> our favorite jokes to this movie or what? Guys, <laughs> I made a list. I wrote down every quote in this movie that I say <laughs> on a semi-regular right. basis. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, <laughs> like, I mean. That I use in no, like in normal conversation and just <laughs> during the course of the day, not even when I'm intending on quoting mm-hmm. the movie. It just mm-hmm. happens. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong level! Oh man, I do I do boom baby, I do mm-hmm. that. Yep. Uh, I, I do, do the yep. no I do no touchy no, no touchy touch. no touch. I do that one. <laughs> um, the uh, mission accomplished. I do that <laughs> all the freaking time. Whenever I've done anything successful, I will pause and say that line. Oh man, the. Uh, and then my the, the, the like two of the other ones I skipped a couple, but like the that's uh, and that's bad <laughs> like that one <laughs> and then the uh squeak squeakum squeakers uh squeak when i when i'm just trying to kill silence mm-hmm. basically i will just say squeak squeakum this, <sighs> this it's this is crazy because i don't feel like you could say this about a, a good portion of these films or any animated films in general I you want to watch this movie again right now, TC. <laughs> okay, I, I would watch it with you just to just to just to quote the lines the second before they happen, <laughs> yep. which 
when you love a movie, you are apt to do. Uh, <laughs> That's what I, you do. I don't mean just you, Jeff. I mean everyone does that. Yeah. But this movie, you can just listen to it. Yes. You could if you or you could just watch it. That that yeah. is that is rare that a movie the animation is so sharp and the comedic uh, visual animation is so sharp and the and the and the vocal anima- uh comedic comedy is so good right that's yep. that's pr- that's that's firing at all cylinders right there if they were trying to go for a Chuck Jones style animated oh. film yeah. they nailed yeah. it because there are so many of those looks so many of those mm-hmm. silent mo- comedic moments that are just Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and like yeah. it's it's that oh, dude the, the diner scene that in <laughs> we're in some ancient Incan civilization and we are pausing to have a, a a diner scene in the middle of the jungle where where Cusco is a woman because yep lipstick eyelashes yep. woman right yep because <laughs> Bugs Bunny did oh, it God. so why can't Cusco do it the the it's our honeymoon how brave of you to come out in public like. <laughs> But like the menu scene when Isma and Kuzgo are just missing missing each other by like flipping up yep. and down their menus, and then mm-hmm. Kronk in the kitchen cooking, you know, as in placement of the chef, and Isma and Kuzgo walking in and out of the swinging doors, like continuing to counter the the order that the previous one just that's, said. Is, that's vaudeville. That's, that's vaudeville, baby. That is a freaking Abbott and Costello bit. That is a Martin and Lewis <laughs> bit. I swear I've seen both of those guys do that bit, and, <laughs> and it's. And so they, well done. And it's earned. Like none yeah. none of these none of the moments in this movie jump out as like, wow, that was weird. Because this movie freaking opens with a Tom Jones song, right? And it <laughs> and it's song fine. Guy. <laughs> it's there's yes. nothing about this movie at any point that feels out of character to the film itself. It never breaks its own rules. It nope. never breaks its own style and tone and animation. Uh it's that's that's oh god we're just we're just praising the hell out of this <laughs> but, movie. <laughs> but and then when one like one major thing just one last thing I, I want to bring up there uh, that just from my notes at least what the last thing I've got is you because you mentioned that the fact that the movie begins with a song and then mm-hmm. according to the last song it begins and ends with them it's it's this movie while we had discussed in um, uh, in dinosaur uh, or. Some of those, some of the previous ones that did not have music in it, did not have songs. Characters did not break out into song, mm-hmm. and how some of them felt like it could have used that in order to make the movie a little more enjoyable. Um, mm-hmm. This movie only has the theme song guy, mm-hmm. has the Tom Jones, and it's basically this. It's more or less the same song at the beginning and the end of the movie. No other yeah. characters break into song, <laughs> and I don't care. Like yeah, it's it's not if, missing anything. No, if it had songs, I think that would have ruined the flow of the movie. Yeah, the the best use of music in terms of like a musical number, I suppose, aside from that opening and closing, is the traveling by map montage. Right, you get the the song is called "Run Llama Run" from the score, but it's that <laughs> which feels very old school, nineteen forties again, kind of. Uh, it, it, it feels very Bugs Bunny, very Bugs yeah. Bunny, and the fact that they're leaving the dashed and dotted lines, and they acknowledge that <laughs> they they're look at them. it, yeah, like what the hell is this? Yeah, this movie <laughs> so is is a breath of fresh air. It's not just a breath of fresh air for coming off a dinosaur, unfortunately. <sighs> I know, but, but this this uh, Emperor's New Groove is a breath of fresh air whenever you watch it. 
Yeah. I, I, the, it's, it's strange. Um, I don't know how you cope, Jeff, but <laughs> oftentimes <laughs> I will, uh, I always say like, I always tell people, hey, if you're in a bad mood, sing a Disney song because you cannot be okay. in a bad mood and sing a Disney song. Even the villain songs. That's now, granted, right. if you sing Baby Mine or Jesse's song, When You Love Me from Pixar, <laughs> you might cry, but it'll be a good cry. It'll be a good, um, well-deserved cry, everybody. Yeah. I don't think you, I, I don't feel like you could watch Emperor's New Groove and not just smile, at least yeah. a little bit. This is such a, a feel-good film. It's a therapeutic film, and it's, and it's in, a, in a very odd way, because... <laughs> For as grim and as and as low as certain times of our lives or times of our country or times of society, whatever, like popping in something like this, popping in popping in an old Tex Avery cartoon or a Chuck Jones or yep. a, a Looney Tunes or Animaniacs or there's something so inherently entertaining about some about a movie like this that 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 it it achieves what it's supposed to do and which is to entertain in a in a lighthearted way. Right. And that's that's rare. That's rare. And, and you know, and I don't know I don't know about everybody else, but I know for me, like I was very young when I started watching Looney Tunes, like Bugs Bunny cartoons and Daffy Duck. Oh sure, yeah. One of my first I think one of my first toys was I think a Bugs Bunny doll. I had a big bird doll <laughs> that I carried around much to my parents' dismay. Um but I do <laughs> I do remember having like a Bugs Bunny doll and I, I, I don't know. I don't know when I started watching Looney Tunes. I don't know who introduced it to me. I don't know, but it's always been a part of my life. So I there is a part of me that wonders because that's my childhood. That was my child entertainment as, you know, growing up. And I mm-hmm. still inherently love it. It's still funny. It's still entertaining. So I don't know if... If, like you were saying, because this movie was so try, like in a good way, trying to be like that, that yeah. if if that's the reason why I love it so much, because I see all the stuff that I remember, like my earliest memories of cartoons and entertainment, I see in this film, and I think it just that's makes exactly me happy. Why. It makes yeah, me happy. I, and it makes me feel good. Makes me feel like a kid again. You know, mm-hmm. kind of makes me forget about all the crap that happens in this world. And I don't know. I don't know. You know, I can't speak for anybody else in that sense. If that's why anybody else likes it, but I'm almost certain that's why I like this movie so much. Plus, it's just made so damn well. <laughs> and yes, I said damn. I know I tried not to say anything like that, but it's made so damn well. And gosh, it's made so damn well. I, I I grew up watching Looney Tunes as well. I don't remember how I was introduced to them, but it was it was something that I fell in love with very young. The first the first two biographies I ever read were Walt Disney's biography in fifth grade mm-hmm. and Bugs Bunny's biography. Called it, it was I think it was called Fifty Years and Only One Gray Hair. <laughs> and I read those. I remember going on some trip with my dad. We were in some gift shop. And that was what I wanted from the trip. I was like, I want, can I get this? And he, and he bought me this, the biography of, of the history of Looney Tunes and Bugs Bunny. <laughs> I grew up watching Three Stooges with my grandpa and my yep. dad. And uh, I love Jerry Lewis. I know you love Jerry yep. Lewis. We've, we've yep. shared our love for Robin Williams and all these very traditionally rooted comedians it, 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 it were very formidable for myself and, and as I know for you, Jeff. Yep. And, and that's what Emperor's New Groove offers, and still offering these this very oddly this very complex comedy. Because there, it, I keep coming back to this. There are there are complexities to this film. Uh, I mean, hell, the 
the right up front of the movie, who's the first person that Cusco blames? He's like, let me show you the people responsible for this. Right. And he shows Pacha first. He shows Pacha and goes on a whole terror. I'm like, this guy, look at this guy. This guy's this guy's responsible for everything. And and funny is that may be that he's being his selfish Cusco self. He's right. Pacha is so Pacha is inherently good. There, he everything about him is is sincere and sweet and good. He has this beautiful uh, family, uh, this this loving wife, these these wonderful kids. This no, another kid on the way. He's the. It's no it's no surprise he's the village leader, right? Because he's so inherently good. And even when he gets mad at Cusco and he gives him a good punch to the face he's like hey oh my gosh are you okay good yeah. pow right and they argue and they're they're this amazing team uh Cusco and pacha he's this beautiful character and and there's no one finer than john goodman to voice this character i know it's so perfect it's so ah oh, dc is we, is geez. is isma and Kronk the, the best villain <laughs> sidekick team up are they? <laughs> oh man, that's a tough, that's that's tough. Like if I, I know, this is off the cuff because I just thought of this now, so I didn't make a list for it. But when you look at like Jafar and Iago, that's a really good team up. Yes, henchmen to villain, right? Right. And Isma and Kronk are a are such a good team up of of villain to henchman as well. Right. It, it fits. It does fit the mold of. How in the world did these two team up, and why? Like you could, well, he's an I idiot. Argue, he's an he, idiot. Yeah, he's a well. He's a he's an idiot. He's a giant like late twenties muscle bound idiot. And of course, Isma, who's probably hundred and fifty, was was probably was obviously shallow enough that the only reason why because because Cusco makes that line makes that line that she trades him in like this is the new model that she every trades decade in for or so. every decade yeah, yeah. so he she's so literally what is he? Just, he's about uh, late twenties is that right uh, I didn't uh, sure. I didn't ask <laughs> <laughs> like the fact that she doesn't know she just does it because it's a it's an attractive man who I like to mm. think in the past has not been a complete and total idiot and she got yeah, stuck with him this time and was just like, ugh, all right, fine, I, whatever. <laughs> yeah, maybe her maybe her past uh, hench people or whatever were were a little smarter than Kronk. Kronk is just this lovable moron. He's such a meathead, but he's not he's not a very good villain. Right. Because But he tries. He tries. <laughs> like there, here's a, a great little uh, thing about him is uh, or at least Patrick Warburton made up the the song that he's done and and that led to David Spade having to have the additional line. Oh, come on. He's doing his own theme music. <laughs> I am so glad I was unconscious during this part. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a fun fact about, we, we, we talked at the upfront about this, about like the marketing and the money machine that is Disney. <laughs> Patrick Orban ad libbed that song. Disney made him sign over the rights to that song. Jeez. To 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 them, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's crazy. Disney. <laughs> hey, Disney, there, there's the there's the machine, there's the mouse I know and love. Oh, uh, of course, it's like we don't want him <laughs> selling an album of Kronk's new tunes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we don't want Patrick Warburton to record an album. <laughs> you could have called it Grooves. I mean, 
you missed your chance there at a pun. I mean, that would have been too simple. And if anybody, if you Jeff, know me at all, TC, I never yeah. take the easy joke. <laughs> at, the, at this point, this whole episode is coming up spades. Coming up oh, spades. Yeah, that's a very <laughs> okay. good man there, TC. Very good. Man. All right. Well, well. Following uh, that up, let me just address. <laughs> let me just address something real quick. <laughs> okay, TC, go ahead. Yes, this is cultural appropriation. That they they set this film in an Incan, uh, uh, ancient Incan civilization, and there were no people of color in the cast. There were no people of color in the the development of this film. It's worth acknowledging that, yes, that was a mistake on their part, but if I can go all the way back to some of our earlier films, there was no malicious intent in that. And, right. And I th- actually think Kingdom of the Sun would have been a problem. <laughs> Because that's so had... serious, it was a, it was a yeah. serious tone to it. See, and that's yeah. the thing. This this movie that it does not bother me that there's nobody of that culture doing the voices. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it because it's, it doesn't it's so it, removed. Right, it's so removed. It feels like a play. It feels like hey, this is just a bunch of people who made a quick movie one day. It doesn't yeah. feel like well, we need to accurately represent that culture you know mm. we're gonna we're gonna be like paying all attention to the detail of the of the architecture and how things worked and how things they did things back then but we're gonna have a bunch of white people do the voice like it that i like you said had it been the original movie that would have felt weird yes it, but it it's been so a problem. this one is so silly <laughs> and so goofy it never crosses my mind yeah it, and and honestly it, it being that being said that yes this this may fall under cultural appropriation in that it's it it where it's set i'm glad that it wasn't kingdom of the sun um and and disney will do better they will do better okay right. <laughs> and and anyone who 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 dives into a film set in an era set in a in a certain region just do better and and that's important especially in this day and age um uh, appropriation is a neutral term but it can be a negative thing. So just, eh, it, it was something I wanted to just address, get it out there. Um, and now we can talk about the amazingness of where did those trampolines, who ordered the trampolines? <laughs> who, those trampolines exist solely for that joke, and it is a beautiful thing. Well, you could well, have told you, we didn't order this trampoline. Well, if you had told me before, and then the cat Before hits I it. set them up. <laughs> oh my God. And, then, and yep. it's that comedic timing of her hanging there. It's that, that split second of hitting it, holding, and, and holding. then boom. <laughs> well, oh, and right along that same scene when she, when she catches the vial, the vial, and uh-huh. they, they cut back to Kuzco and, uh, and Pancha on the cliff, mm. and she just goes, yeah. She's just like <laughs> laughing as she like flies past it in the background, but it does the whole Doppler effect with her voice. Like just... Where did that tramp? Where did the trampoline come from, Jeff? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> because at that point of the movie, at that point, mm-hmm. we have like five minutes of this film left. We have reached mm-hmm. the point where it doesn't matter. Because, yep, okay, somebody in that place had ordered a whole bunch of trampolines. It probably, it honestly, <laughs> probably was Kronk. Honestly, it was, it, it was probably him. <laughs> But it's like, and oh, it doesn't matter. Now that matter. I have the power, I'm totally going to make a trampoline room. <laughs> yeah. these, look how high these ceilings are. Isma, get in here. <laughs> Jump up and down with me. That's fun. <laughs> Put your hands up in the air. Whoa. All right, oh, but I still have 95 more monkeys to go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Because he's a little kid. Kronk is a little kid. That's who he's he is. A, 
a big lovable dummy. Oh, when he, when, and I love that. I love that the villain, like, I love that she gets smashed by Kronk, just mm-hmm. opening up a random door, you know, on the side of the wall, going, "What are the odds? Wow, of that. What are the chances?" <laughs> <laughs> lead me out here. That yeah. <laughs> that lamp shading, that lamp shading is something that can be handled so poorly. Uh, oh. It's it, it, like just to just to be like, yep, we just did this. It, yep. it goes back to that. Hey, how did you guys beat us here? I don't know. By all accounts, we should have. <laughs> right. That is such a great it, lamp shading is a, a cinematic term for those listening who might not know what I mean by that. Is where if something is so obvious that you address it in a film. Mm-hmm. And you and you because if it just happened, it would be like, well, that was pretty convenient. But when the movie says, "Hey, wasn't that convenient?" Right. You have to, for the most part, you have to forgive them. Like, well, <laughs> at least they acknowledge that was convenient. <laughs> but the thing is, <clears throat> with this movie, those types of jokes do not happen in the first five minutes of the film. They do not happen immediately. Like that, like the trampoline gag would not have worked if it happened in the first five minutes oh, of the film. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Right, because it's slowly, like, it. the movie starts off like a normal, I mean, it starts off with the epic, like, big orchestral, like, sting and, like, the thunder and lightning. So it starts yep. off very dramatic, like the Disney movies we've gotten prior and even previous, you know, just recently, too. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it it puts you in a world where you think that's kind of the world that we're going to be in and slowly gives you these nuggets of, yeah, that's not exactly how things are. Yeah, no, we 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 know what you think this movie's gonna be. We're not going that way. Yeah, okay, we're gonna yeah yeah we're not gonna do that. And it 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 actually slowly makes, you could argue it makes Kronk, like on all the characters like slowly dumber or goofier as the not dumber goofier as the movie goes along. So that way, by mm-hmm. the time you reach that end sequence. It doesn't matter what they do. You are fully on board with it. You're you yeah. bought into the silliness, and you don't need an explanation as to where the you know yeah where the trampolines came from, <laughs> or the the coincidental fact that the trapdoor Kronk was sent down earlier, which for all reasons it shouldn't have led him there at all. <laughs> should have led him there, right? Apparently led him to that point at that exact precise moment. Like it's it doesn't matter. Exponential. Yeah, the whole movie is exponential, and that's. It's a it's a constant one upping of the of the jokes that came before, mm-hmm. and it's a and it's it's a mastery. It's it's what sketch comedy should be. It's what imp- improv comedy should be. It's and then, and then, yep. and then it's like this is hilarious, and and this is hilarious, and um, you know, surely, sure, if I if I want to give it, obviously, we should be a little critical of this. Mm-hmm. When we catch back up to the beginning, and we have sad. Uh, Cusco. It's a lull. There's a tiny little bit of a lull right. when when he decides, okay, I'm a llama now. I'm gonna eat this crappy grass, and you get uh, uh, Pacha saying, "Oh, he was a terrible llama," and they they forgive each other, uh, and then the movie picks right back up, hits eleven, and just goes all the way to the end. Right. Sure, maybe it lulls a little bit there. That's your moment to grab something to drink. Right, but it's it's maybe a minute of that. <laughs> and that, that's the moment in the movie for you to go grab a drink and for you to actually breathe and be like, mm. okay, okay, serious moment. Yeah. Not gonna laugh for a couple minutes, <laughs> and because yeah, after that, that it just it's that's that's the next 
10 minutes of the film or 15 minutes of the movie is just, like you said, at 11. And it's so crazy and so breakneck almost mm-hmm. that it's it's kind of hard to keep up with it. If you didn't have that break, you would be mentally exhausted two-thirds of the <laughs> way through that finale. And you may not have been as forgiving for some of those goofier jokes. Because they're like, this entire movie is just silly. <laughs> but, some, something that, I don't know if you ever have this experience, Jeff, but when I watch something funny alone... It takes a little bit more to make me laugh out loud. Yes. Not that I'm not enjoying something that's funny, but it takes it's a little harder for me to to actually laugh out loud at something. And I certainly laughed out loud at this movie. And this is a movie that is all the funnier if you watch it with someone who also enjoys it. I would have yep. loved to have watched this with you, Jeff, because oh, I man. think we would what what anything that would have made us laugh on our own would have just been tenfold because laughter is contagious yep. and we would have, I just know we would have been in stitches. We've been in stitches for the past hour talking <laughs> about this movie. So clearly this is a funny movie and, and the fans, and I think our listeners agree as well. Cause uh, if, if you don't mind, I'm going to grab some comments from our comment section yep, here. Go ahead. Uh, this is on facebook.com slash top shelf pod. If this happens to be the first episode you're listening to, you can hop over there. We always post before we put an episode, before we record an episode and after we record an episode, we love, we love getting into conversations with you guys and uh, you can hit us up there on Facebook or on Twitter. I'm at TC's big head. Jeff is at random bell, but yep. From the Facebook page, uh, Natasha, I mentioned this earlier. She, she mentioned the fourth wall break. She says, this movie is in my top 10. And I feel it's super underrated. Maybe it's because she loves anything that breaks the fourth wall. Yep. Um, and then she has a little meme that says, that one time when the main character had to use a Sharpie to explain that he was, in <laughs> fact, the main character. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Yep. Yep. Uh, 100%. Um, Wyatt says, uh, how shall I do it? Oh, I know. I'll turn him into a flea and a harmless little flea. And then I'll put that flea inside a box. Then I'll put that box inside of another box. And then I'll mail that box to myself when he arrives. Uh, I'll smash him. <laughs> I'll smash him with a hammer. Brilliant. But- brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> or to save on postage, which is my favorite part of that entire bit, is that after she laughs, she was, or to save on postage, I'll do this little easier thing. Like, it's just, it's because she wants to save on postage. I yeah, am a far, sucker for little lines like that so much. Uh, in uh, in uh, in our movie, Jeff the Princess Knights, uh, Candace ad-libbed that line for her character, Vesper. <laughs> Did she? She ad-libbed that, that monologue. She paraphrased it a bit, but that is oh, in that's right. The Princess Knight. That's right. I do is, remember that. <laughs> yeah, she says it about Chester. Uh, easily one of the most quotable movies in the library, in Wyatt's opinion. Yep. And dude, you are not wrong. Not at um, all. Yeah, yeah. He loves Yzma and Krunk so much. He's not going to lie. The only problem he has with Emperor's New Groove is that there is not enough of those two. Uh, but I guess we'll just have to watch a jerk get turned into a llama in order to learn a lesson. Our moment of triumph approaches. <laughs> it's dinner time. <laughs> uh, I, I can, I can, we've obviously shared our love for Kronk and Yzma. I think there's just enough of everything in this movie. I'm, I'm not for, I, I, I can't think of anything that there's a lack of in this film, to be right. honest. It is one of those more than anything might have been too much. Right, right. It is a very good balance of everybody and every character and the humor and the little like the little like sincerity moments again with like Pancha and his wife. Even though that has a couple, you know, more more 
tamer, regular kind of jokes involved mm-hmm. in it. Um, kind of almost more of like a like a like a rom com level of jokes is what's in yeah. that spot. Uh, but the, all the characters work really really well. Like the kids work well for the little bit that they're in the nuh-huh, entire movie. Nuh-uh, nuh-uh, nuh-uh. <laughs> Night mom. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Which I was. I had gotten up and walked away from my television while the movie was playing, and I quoted that part, and I said the night mom <laughs> right when they did because I know when that happens in the like like I had a gosh I could just oh I love it so much so much I, I mean the one thing I, I won't lie the one thing that mm. this movie did like every time I watch this film I it just makes me want to watch the movie again now I have never as we've kind of discussed for some of the other sequels on some of these movies on this list I've never mm-hmm. seen the sequel the direct-to-video sequel Kronk's New Groove Right, and um, there is a TV series as well. Right, The Emperor's New School. Now, the, mm. the Kronk's New Groove, it's all the same voice cast. I'm so, very tempted to watch it as well. I will be honest, it is not something that I've seen either, because right. you know how I feel about those straight-to-DVD sequels! I know, I know, and that's... <laughs> it's and it, it, it also, it's the same, or it's an uncredited. It's not the same writer, it's not the same director, and there's a, there's a little bit of me that worries it's gonna just kind of be a little crummy and it won't feel the same as this. So a part of me kind of doesn't uh, want to watch it. (laughs) And maybe one of our listeners has seen it or maybe a couple of our listeners have seen it and can speak to its quality. So hit us up uh, in any, any fashion that you, that you wish. Jeff, does there, are there any tropes in this movie? I got, so I, there's a, there's a moment where I got a little excited, but even though I know exactly what happens, I'm like, Ooh, villain falls to death. Nope. That's a trampoline. That's right. Trampoline. That doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> just, just subverting expectations left and right in this film. <laughs> uh, you could potentially argue that the protagonist has an animal sidekick. Animal sidekick. Yeah. <laughs> Question yeah. mark. Question mark. <laughs> um, it, it, th- there wasn't any that immediately stood out to me. We don't know Maybe, who yeah. Cusco's parents are. Yeah, I suppose you, there's you, that. Yeah, you never see them. He is 17, turning 18, which mm-hmm. kind of sounds like that he doesn't have living parents. So yep. he might be an orphan. That was the only one I kind of remotely came close to being like, well, that could be something. Yeah, I think that is another credit to this film that it does not lean on those tropes. No. That there are no... However, I will say it once again that the lessons in this, the heart of this, is very reminiscent of a lot of the films we've seen so far. The, we talk about friendship in this film. They talk about uh, again not judging a book by its cover and and uh, the journey that the characters go on is not all that different from some of the journeys other characters have gone on to discover their true selves. It's just done in the the most comedic way they possibly could have done it. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this though: there, I do have one theory. Mm, oh, we uh, could, really? We could, okay. Yeah. Yes. So there, there is a there is a uh, this is a one that I stumbled across recently uh, before actually. We got to this. I stumbled across this before Christmas uh, mm-hmm. on a video online, one of the many YouTube channels I watched. And uh, I, I kept it in the back of my head while watching this film. And the theory is that, <clears throat> and this is this one, this is this is a little weak of a theory, but just hear me out. <laughs> uh, f- I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> you be the judge of that, TC. Uh, Do the, f- the fly that gets eaten by the spider. <laughs> help the me. one, that, yeah, the one that says "Help me." That is another human turned into an animal or insect. 
<laughs> like another like Isma. It's her last dude before Crunk. Right. And it's the reason real. the reason why the, the the support behind it is none of the actual animals in this movie talk. Oh, only people who were turned into animals talk, which, yes, really is just Kuzco and Yzma. That's the only two mm-hmm. that, that get turned into an animal. But there are other llamas. There are jaguars. Even the even the squirrel doesn't speak English. It talks. It talks squirrel. It talks the gibberish. Yeah, squirrel. Squiggums. Yeah. yeah. So that is the only other thing. Even the spider doesn't say anything. The spider just <laughs> eats it. That's the only other thing in the movie that's not a human that talks. Now, yes, trust me. The reference is not lost on me. It's a <laughs> reference to the fly from the 1950s. I get it. I know yeah. that. And I'm pretty positive that is what the filmmakers were going for. <laughs> oh, well, there's no doubt about it. There's That's no exactly doubt what they were going for. Yeah. But it is a it's an interesting theory that I that I stumbled across that that is the that could very well have been another human, which when you look at it like that, that is a crazy dark moment because that human <laughs> just got eaten by a, a spider. <laughs> oh, that poor spider. That spider actually looks quite a bit like a villain in Treasure Planets. Oh, really? Yeah. There's spiders in Treasure Planet? Uh, no. <laughs> <sighs> TC, there's a certain 15-minute sequence from the second Harry Potter movie that I do not watch. Oh, don't, don't worry. It's not, a, it's not actually a spider. Don't worry. <laughs> I don't believe you. It, it's but fine. You, do you know what I do believe, TC? What do you believe? Of all the movies that we have watched so far on this list, <laughs> worst segue ever. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> so, okay. So, so, so again, as TC has mentioned in the beginning of this episode, we have reached our, we've reached the end of our round four, our, uh, of our fourth 10 film series on this list of our ranking uh, of these movies. Yes. So right now we have ranked from Aladdin until now, we have ranked the movies uh, one through nine. Now we have one more spot on our list. And so far mm-hmm. our number ones are very different. Actually our entire list, except for last week's movie <laughs> dinosaur, every yeah. movie on our list is different this time around. We have ranked is- them completely different. That's true. That's true. Uh, as uh, people are aware who listen to the show all the time, um, we have we have mentioned it's hard to do this. Like it I know we've so gave us the hard. challenge to rank films, but ranking films, there's so many things that come into play when ranking yes. these movies, and that oftentimes what edges one movie out over another is just a fraction of a feeling. Yeah. And these are just our lists. Obviously, we're not saying this is a, d- a definitive list by any means whatsoever. No. Um, but yeah, let's see. What's what's a if you want to refresh? What's a refresh me, Jeff? What do we have uh, on our list? If you want to, even if it's just our number ones. All right. So for TC, your list starting at number nine and working its way down to one. We'll just do it that way because it's easier. Yep. TC's list number nine: Dinosaur. Number eight: Fantasia mm. two thousand. Mm. Seven: mm. Pocahontas. Six: mm. The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Five: yeah. Hercules. Yeah, that's fine. Four: Tarzan. Uh, you'll be my three, <laughs> three, The Lion King. <laughs> Two, Aladdin. Classic. And classic. number one, Mulan. That was TC's Mulan. list. That That is my list, yes. And then for mine, nine is Dinosaur. Eight is Pocahontas. <sighs> number seven is Fantasia <laughs> 2000. Number six is Hercules. Number five was Tarzan. <sighs> number four was The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Still love that movie. Number three was Mulan. <laughs> number two was The Lion King. And number one was Aladdin. That's Aladdin. There you so go. So just a quick comparison... Yeah. 
TC's number one was Mulan. My number one is Aladdin. I did get a couple of tweets uh, giving me grief for why I put Aladdin or put Mulan above Aladdin and Lion King. <laughs> and again, it's just it's a fraction. A, it's a fraction of a feeling that, because I love Lion King. I love Aladdin, and I and for all the reasons uh, that I gave Mulan the top slot was that it was that again just a reminder it was this culmination of everything Disney had been trying to achieve for so long. Uh, and and Jeff, you have Aladdin as your number one for yep. for reasons. Yep. Um, because I just, I, 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 it's a, it's, it's partially nostalgia. It's just, it's also the timing and the animation style and it's the, the performances and the writing of it. And I'm not going to lie. A lot of that thought went into my deciding factor for this movie, you know, and like, well, you it, it's, me, yeah, like, well, you, uh, you, well, you've asked me first, so I won't yes. let you, I won't let you rank yours before you rank mine. Um, this it's not going to change my ranking. But just go ahead. <laughs> I know, I know. I know. Uh, not this time, TC. <laughs> coming down to this decision is is not an easy task nope. because Aladdin, Lion King, Mulan. A lot of these movies are. I mean, Aladdin and Lion King alone are straight out of the the peak of Disney animation. Yep. Uh, Beauty and the Beast and Lion King, uh, Little Mermaid being a part of that as well, of the very definition of what people think of when they think of Disney animated films, uh, comes out of things like Lion King and, and Aladdin. I mean, hell, Lion King being the, one of the highest grossing movies of all time, right. uh, definitively places it in pop culture, in the zeitgeist of what you think of in terms of Disney and animation. And so there's no doubt about the, the importance and the strength of those films, which we've dis- we discussed at length for each episode that we discussed them. But I'm gonna. I have to go back to what I said about Emperor's New Groove being this important film. In turn, it's it's entertaining. It's therapeutic. It is. It touches on so much of what has formed my opinion of comedy, mm-hmm. um, and it and it and it defies expectations. It it subverts expectations in what a film like this should be. Right down to the. The preview itself being so so like what is this? What is this movie? The <laughs> fact that I can continually come back to this movie and find something new that I've never seen before, and as crazy as it might sound, it it has aged better than yeah. all, nearly every movie that has come before it, if not the entire library of films that have come before it. And for that reason, I'm gonna put it as my number one. Fascinating, TC. Beating out I, I, Mulan, huh? Beating out Mulan. Now, because I can see uh, Mulan has its importance and in, in, in the culmination of everything Disney was trying to achieve. I've said it before, and obviously I just said it again. Mm-hmm. But there's something so special about Emperor's New Groove that I, I, even though we've just talked for an hour about it, there's so much more that could be said about it that it's the movie that I, I want to go back to and not even begrudgingly, not even, not, not even partially excited. I will, I will probably watch this again tonight. Yep. Because it's just, it's just such a, particularly when you're sad, particularly when, when it's a dark time, this is such a joyful film. There's no cynicism in it. And that's so rare, especially for films that come out now. There's, there's the, I've, I've said my piece, Jeff, this is, this is just such a damn good movie. That I'm gonna put in my number one slot. There you go. Fight, fight me if you want. <laughs> well, it's gonna be number nine for me, and uh, <laughs> I'll kill you. 
drink, drink this. You're thirsty. You're thirsty, Jeff. Go ahead, drink what? this. Okay, drink but if I turn into a llama, I'm very upset. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm awake. So, what did I miss? Uh, hey, Croc, you want to top me off a little bit there, huh? Um, uh, well, weird. So, I TC, you honestly... You, oh man, I gotta change that. I wrote down that you put it number nine. Uh, <laughs> well, sorry guys, I was making my own note and I wrote the wrong note. Um, you, you, TC couldn't, you, you have honestly could not have put it any better. Um, this movie just, every time I watch it, I still laugh. I know this movie by heart, I still love it. I excitedly wait for visual gags to happen. <laughs> <laughs> because I know they're coming, and I love this. I want to see this gag again. I want to see the flower just poof into black and then collapse in the ground. I want to see. I want to. You know. I. I want. I. I. I oh man. I. I want to see the old man get thrown out the window and him just like sorry, but it cuts sorry off halfway through, <laughs> and I know it does, and I laugh every time I see it. I. Every time I watch this movie. I enjoy it just as much, if not more, than the last time I watched it. It is the pinnacle of great cartoon comedy, both in writing, performance, and and uh, 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 animation, like vocal performance mm-hmm. and animation. Obviously, there's a lot of animation out there that's that does a great job. There's a lot of classic cartoons, classic Chuck Jones cartoons that, like, I love. That I still like, there's a couple of Looney Tunes that I will watch over and over again repeatedly till the day I die because they're fantastic. But like this is this is perfect for a feature length film. There's no this movie had no business being as good as it is, in my opinion. Like it this movie should have had a handful of moments in it that were good. Even a movie like Toy Story, which at the time this movie came out was five years old, that I love Toy Story, that movie has moments that are just fantastically comedically animated. You know, little things like, uh, hey, anybody seen my hat? And the shark pops out. He's like, I'm Woody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. And, howdy, he's, and, howdy. and, and, and Woody's performance is just, uh-huh, uh-huh, give me that. Like that So <laughs> is such a great comedic moment. But this movie is made up of an hour and 20 minutes of comedic, mo- hour 18 with that one moment where where things get sad in the middle right before the end credits yeah. or before the end scenes. but but like it's made up entirely of those moments and they all work and they all flow so well from one to another and honestly like if disney had stopped making movies after this like they had stopped doing animated <laughs> films because it's like oh it's number 40 we're done we've done 40 of these things this movie both happily reflects on the history of the Disney animated films that preceded it, (laughs) utilizes what they did, what they are, and then also has enough time to make fun of those tropes (laughs) and make fun of those types of movies lovingly, like with open arms. And Mm -hmm. that just, it makes me appreciate this movie every single time I watch it. So having said that, it's my number six. <laughs> no, 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 no. Sorry, I could not resist. I had to do that one more time. It's my number one as well. I love Aladdin. I honestly, I love Aladdin. I love Beauty and the Beast. Those two movies, now Beauty and the Beast was our last list, obviously, but that is my, those are my Disney movies from a kid. That's mm-hmm. the, that's what I think of when I come to Disney. And it, 
there, I had a moment where I went, this is my number two, well before we recorded, like yesterday when I was watching this, right. just because the nostalgia of Aladdin kicked in. But this movie came out when I was in high school, didn't watch it when it came out, watched it years later, and still to this day will happily sit down and watch it. And it, it makes me love the childhood movies that I had, the childhood Disney movies, because, but but what makes me love it more? I I don't I don't know how to describe it actually. It just oh, <laughs> isn't that strange that we both we both uh, babbled out until we couldn't find any words anymore. Right, and that's it's that's it what makes this Aladdin. movie special. <laughs> it beats Aladdin because between Aladdin and Emperor's New Groove, if I had to choose, as much as I love that's Aladdin, tough. Emperor's yeah. New Groove would go in. It, it, yeah. I would be like, yep, nope, I'm watching this one. If I wanted to sing songs, if I was in that frame of mind. Like if I wanted to watch and sing songs and kind of you know laugh and recite the jokes, I'd watch Aladdin. Mm-hmm. But if I just want to sit and laugh, it's this movie, hands down, yeah. any day, any day of the week. And I'm and I'm with you on that. We <sighs> to to finish off this era of films to and see, I mean it's what is it six years from removed from Lion King? Is that it? Uh from Lion King because Lion King came out in '94. Yeah, it, it's it's six That's and a half crazy. years removed. That is crazy. Well, remember, uh, and, uh, remember Aladdin. Aladdin in this movie, it's eight years. Aladdin came out in November of '92. This movie came out December of 2000. It's an eight-year gap. That's yeah, it. This ten, this ten films is a capsule of of Disney animation history. Yeah. To go from some of the greatest films, animated films of all time, with something like Lion King and Aladdin, to some of the uh, missteps with something like Dinosaur or Pokemon right. or um, uh, uh, Fantasia 2000. Um, and then the stuff in the middle, Hercules just not quite hitting the right cylinders and Hunchback of Notre Dame not quite getting exactly what they wanted to. Pocahontas being just too ambitious and not having the right elements in the chemistry. Right. There's such a, a wide variety of films here. Well, we, we go from like the Broadway style films, like the animated films to the, there's no music in this movie whatsoever. And it's not Broadway anymore. We want to go like traditional to, yeah. there's no, there's there to, CG, you know, mm-hmm. with Dinosaur to even with like Fantasia, which isn't a Disney, like a modern day Disney movie. That's a throwback to the old school Disney. Like it's, it's four or five different types of Disney films mm-hmm. in an eight year period of time. As well as, as being these, these wonderful representations in small ways of everything that came before and giving us the, a look at the future to see right. what's to come. Like, uh, uh, we are nearing the end of the hand-drawn animation era. Yeah, uh, it, it's gonna. It we're about to hit a film just down the road that's gonna be the end of the Disney animation hand-drawn era, until eight years later when they dust it off for Princess and the Frog. Mm-hmm. And this this was a fun block. This was a fun block of films. I don't know if it's because we. We've been refining this show as we've been recording it, or if it was the movies themselves. But uh, this was an interesting ten, and I and I had a lot of fun doing this th- this ten. I have a Me lot too. of fun doing the show in general. But um, <laughs> yeah, hmm. it I was mean, I, so. It, yeah, go ahead. 
No, no, go, go, no, go no, ahead. You go ahead. No, no you go ahead. I have no, nothing important to say. <laughs> I, uh, I say nothing important. I just rambled for 10 minutes about why this is better than Aladdin. I think I said two things. I kind of blacked out. I'm looking forward to listening to the episode tomorrow. <laughs> who, I'm being who like, what I? did I say? <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm curious once again to hear what the listeners have to say. I, I love getting the responses from people from how we feel and, and your responses to the films themselves. And and where do you rank your 10 in the 10 that we've watched? And yep. and I asked the listeners this, and I asked you, Jeff, without delving too much into what's to come, are you looking forward to this next set of 10 we're about to hit? You know, it's it's nice because with The Emperor's New Groove, because I, I know <laughs> I know some of the movies that are coming up, I couldn't tell you anything that happens in most of them. Um, mm-hmm. well, the last couple in this next 10. But uh, we're, we're hitting an era now where the nostalgia of me as a kid watching Disney movies is over. We have yeah, hit the, that the, point. The, this past 10 even uh, coming uh, i think my nostalgia about halfway through this 10 we just did was right. gone i don't i don't have any nostalgia for for emperor's new groove but it could be because it's just not old enough or maybe right. i'm i was old enough when it came out to not be truly affected by it right uh, and maybe it's the more critical eye i have now especially sitting down to be critical of a film has mm-hmm. changed my perspective on it um which which makes it hard to put it above movies like Lion King and Aladdin is because nostalgia, it's hard to fight that. It's hard to fight that in movies, no matter how many times I see them. It just depends when I saw them originally that will often affect my opinion further down the road. So these new movies coming up, this next 10, I'm like you, Jeff. I don't really have any love based on nostalgia. It's right. There, because there's so much more recently that I've either loved or hated them. Right. We're now entering that, that, that bash for me where, yeah, my opinion will not be tinted by nostalgia. Like, again, yeah. me ranking Ember's New Groove, it beat out Aladdin by a little bit, but Aladdin's at the top of my list mostly because I, I, love the, I love the film, but there's a chunk of that's because of nostalgia. It's because mm-hmm. I watched that movie when I was eight years old and I loved that film. I saw it in the theaters. I owned the soundtrack on cassette. I listened to it over and over again. I watched it on VHS tape over and over again. Like that was a movie. So that that I that was part of my childhood. So of course it's going to tint my opinion a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, I am trying to watch these with a critical mindset, with an as an adult, as a as a person who's not looking at it from that nostalgia point of view. But it's tough. So yeah. us hitting kind of this this new era of because this is the era by the time this this ten is done, yeah I will I will have finished high school finished college and been in been working in my career for three years by the time this film gets done, <laughs> so it's 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 a it's a different part of my life where these are coming into play and I've mm-hmm. only really seen one. <laughs> Like three of them, maybe. <laughs> I, I'm so. looking forward to this next ten because I, as you know, I've seen all these before. But mm-hmm. the, this next set, I've only, except for a couple of them, I've only ever seen once. So my opinion of them is rather fuzzy, and I'm looking forward to going back. Uh, but we we are kicking off next next episode with what's our first movie in our next set of ten? <clears throat> well, our next movie in our next set of ten, which will inevitably be number one in that list. <laughs> <laughs> but probably by just by default is 2001's 2001 yeah I thought that, in my head I heard 2011 2001's number 41 Atlantis The Lost Empire 
Atlantis, the Lost Empire. And is this you, the and, one and, with Michael J. Fox? Yes, it is. Okay. Yep. So you, yeah. So you have, you have not seen this. So you will have nostalgia just for the fact that Michael J. Fox is in it. <laughs> Jim Varney does a voice? <gasps> yeah. Leonard Nimoy's in here too, but we'll get there. We will get there next week. So uh, awesome, once again, guys. if you want to hit us up, hit us up on <laughs> facebook.com slash top shelf pod. You can also hit me up at Twitter at TC's big hit. Jeff mm-hmm. is at random bell. Yep. Um, you know what? I had some tweets and I didn't get to them. I will save them for next week. Cause they're, they're more ambiguous questions than specific questions. Um, but thank you everyone for listening and continuing to join us on this journey through, uh, through film, <laughs> this one year anniversary journey of happy anniversary, pod- Jeff. happy anniversary, happy anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, obviously we will not be making it to year two. Um, no. but, uh, but, uh, this, this year, again, we've only, you know, 16 more of these things to go plus God, a 17th enough. this November guys. Think of it that way. Oh. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so does does it does it, does it come out this year? Yep, comes out in November of 2018. I think we will get to that one then. We will might that be. be. Is that going to be? Is that Wreck It Ralph or Frozen? That's Wreck It Ralph. Wreck It Ralph Two. Ralph yep. breaks the internet. Okay. Yep. So All we right. we this is going to be a, this is going to be a little weird of a year. So obviously we kind of knew going into this podcast that the la- the the first year we'd easily get through the movies, but uh, yeah. this year we're you know we we with some time off we kind of pushed back a little bit and delayed a little thing. So we're going to be around for you know the first quarter of this year, and then we'll mm-hmm. just maybe have to come back after the next one of these films comes out and if, do an extra if people episode. Want. I mean, maybe yeah, people I want. Mean, it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if anybody actually listens to this show anymore. Or it could yeah, just be yeah. it could just be uh, Lindsay's mom, uh, which I'm okay <laughs> with. Hi, Carrie. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks, yes, thanks, thanks for listening. <laughs> All right. Well, with that said, Jeff, thank you for for this once again. This was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you, TC, for joining me on this fantastic journey. Yes, that is. This Disney. was a podcast. <laughs> we were the people talking, mm-hmm. and this is a sign off. Woo! <laughs> another podcast episode longer than the movie we talked about oh my gosh it is it is okay so everyone start start the episode over you throw this on at the beginning of the movie and listen to it while we talk through it and then maybe maybe some of the things we're talking about will line up I was with just what's say, happening on screen it was all subtly planned that all the quotes we did lined up perfectly with the movie oh man now you all want to go check it out and see this if they do don't you are, it's like Pink Floyd over here Pink Floyd <laughs> This has been a production of Ghost Hat Media, proud member of the Ghost Hat Network. Find them online at www.ghosthat.net. <laughs> I like the ending.